Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's September 16th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight I'm joined by co-host Jeff Brown and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Some people have forgotten it's in the interest of the members, you, the members, and have had their ego take over. Announcements. Again, we'd like to say that Working for a Living endorses Medicare for All, and does that with confidence. We'd like to have a moment of silence for the brother who died at Sterling Axel, and we'd like to do that now. Please indulge us with a moment of silence. and prayers go out to his family, friends, and co-workers at this unfortunate occurrence that's still under investigation. Um, Our last show in August had some things that were very disturbing and caused me to have pause, so I shut down the dot-com for the radio shows as well as my Facebook page because I found those comments to be very, very concerning. Without going into those further, we aspire to educate you, the members, on some of the issues surrounding uh, what uh, the First Amendment is about and some of the labor federal statutes that also affect some of the federal First Amendment issues. Uh, having said that, uh, we thank you for your indulgence during this period. We also, for those of you that thought maybe the bill didn't get paid because the account said 
the dot-com said suspended. I actually own the hosting company, so it's simple for me to go in there and, and suspend it for a period of time until such time we do some research and uh, understand fully where we're at. And you will understand in no uncertain terms very soon that the radio show working for a living, anybody associated with it still has expressed to me uh, that they uh, support our union 100% and the normal policies and procedures and avenues to change it. And we'll go into that in a little bit as we get through the uh, uh, the show. Having said that, we're going to suspend any more announcements and any email that we've received. Uh, and I'll bring you on uh, Jeff Brown, co-host here. Let me get over here where I can do that. Uh, been kind of busy here today. We're recruiting a a uh, real nice young man uh, that's a uh, blind individual. And, uh, my goodness, where'd that go? Um, and he has uh, uh, got a master's degree in public administration, a bachelor's degree in political science, and a uh, bachelor's, there's Jeff, bachelor's degree in uh, uh, technical uh, support, IT, Internet uh, Technician. So he's a very capable young man, works for the state of Michigan, and uh, we don't know if we'll bring him on the show, but he's going to be active in uh, helping us. He's a policymaker uh, and uh, helping us and assisting us buying through his education and his position to uh, – work with us uh, here on the show, and he's expressed interest in coming on the show as well. So just know that, and I believe we have uh, Jeff Brown on the show now. Jeff, you want to say hi to everybody? Hello, everyone. We're back. Yeah, we're back. (laughs) After a lot of research, huh, brother? Yes. Uh, Some of which uh, took several weeks to uh, uh, affect because some of the people that we need to talk to were unavailable out of the area, out of the country uh, until last week. So, uh, having said that, uh, Jeff, how are things in your area? And tell us about your Friday and this uh, past week. Uh, I think that's an interesting uh, thing that you'd like to bring up there, brother. Okay. Um, about 10 days ago, I got. Um, a notice in the email from my friend who is a writer over in France. He said he was coming to Detroit on the 9th. And he wanted to talk to people who are either poor or against Trump and state of Michigan politics because this is a very important election for our state. Well, we met with him on Friday. I found two co-workers willing to talk. Um, he asked them a lot of questions. These people 
supported Trump. They had their reasons. They're not they're not really registered as a Republican. They just for for who the better of the two evils that's what they said. Um one didn't want to vote for Hillary. The other one like uh, Trump Trump as a businessman and thought he can help the future for her kids. Um it went on a little bit longer. Um I've I've put a little jab in into the reporter a little bit about Vietnam and and uh, a little bit like that. Um but it wasn't good. I just sat there. Um, the reporter is a Facebook friend of mine, so he knows all my politics, my views on politics. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, when it uh, comes out, he's going to email me the copy of it. He writes for a weekly magazine over there. And he, today he should be flying back to France. He was here for a week. I seen yesterday he was driving around Detroit enjoying the sights because he put different pictures up on Facebook of different buildings downtown. Um, It was a very interesting meeting. I just sat back and let the the people answer his questions. Um, So it was interesting. And I think doing that you know, the, the one young lady is five years old, and she wants to get involved in the union somewhere down the line. So I invited her to attend this, because soon she's going to be part of leadership. You know, it was a great exercise for her. But having said all that, uh, even though they voted for Trump, they gave their reasons. I understand that. Everybody's allowed to vote the conscience or however they want to vote. And it, it was it was pretty good, Leroy. I was proud of the two individuals for stepping up and being interviewed. The reporter said he couldn't find anybody for the whole week who was willing to talk uh, to him for being a pro-Trump voter. And that was kind of amazing to me. He could not find one person in Detroit all week long to talk in favor of Trump. So I'll leave it at that, Leroy. Um, when I do get the article, we will be posting it. Um, it was pretty good. It's the second time I've met this man. He interviewed me back in 2009 during the auto bailout. And I gave him the education then about what was going on. So he remembered that, contacted me, and the meeting was here in Flat Rock. And uh, it was all good. Real good meeting. So I That's good. Anyway. So uh, about so to recap, about 10 days ago, uh, a French writer that you knew from before, and actually uh, I think you – Met with him uh, in 2016 as well, correct? No, that was a different writer. That was a different, was a different reporter. reporter. Okay, uh, so yep. but he was from France as well. The other reporter, right? Correct. 
Yeah, okay. So Jeff has some international connections here, folks. Uh, and, and this is, you know, he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for you. Okay. Uh, the reporter asked Jeff about 10 days ago by email that he was going to be in town last Sunday, a week ago, and he was going to be nosing around to see uh, the support and the opposition to our current president of the United States, Donald Trump, and uh, asked Jeff to set up a meeting on Friday with people known to be supporters and opposition. And Jeff did that, and he had that on Friday. And Jeff moderated it. He was the facilitator uh, to make sure nobody got out of, out of control because everybody's, you know, pretty elevated about all this. And, and we're trying to be our, our best here about getting everybody's voice out. So uh, these uh, members from Jeff's plant came there. He invited, <coughs> pardon me, he invited six, and two showed up. Uh, the two that showed up were uh, Trump supporters, and they methodically went through the reasons with this reporter who asked very pointed and uh, specific questions, but they methodically went through why they were Trump supporters, and they were able to express that freely and openly in front of the reporter as Jeff moderated. He did not interfere or try to direct their responses in any way. Okay, so it was a really good meeting, and uh, the reporter thanked Jeff, and the, the members thanked Jeff, and everybody went on their way. And I want to thank Jeff, and I think uh, that everybody listening uh, owes Jeff a, a little debt of gratitude for doing this uh, so that everybody has a chance to be heard from our union, wherever your political persuasion is. And, you know, we're here about working men and women. And sometimes we differ in our opinions, and that's fine. Uh, it's wonderful to have difference of opinions, as long as it doesn't threaten or um, possibly damage someone's uh, livelihood or their career. Uh, you know, we, we support pretty much everybody's position. And we're going to get into that in a little bit further. But, uh, uh, Jeff, thanks for doing that. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on it after it was all said and done? Uh, he, the reporter left today, by the way. On, he was here from Sunday to Sunday. Uh, so, Jeff, give us your overall thoughts on the reporter himself, the members that you invited, and the members that actually showed up, and how that went. Um, it went very, really smooth. Um, there was a couple times when when the two answered questions, and I, I just had to grin about, because um, I didn't really agree with their their comments, but I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything. I just smiled at them. So but they're not as into politics as much as I am, um, and that's okay. Not everybody. Um, I thought the reporter was very fair. He asked some questions about Michigan, and we brought up Flint water crisis. The opioid, opioid uh, conditions in the state where people are dying from these drugs. And um, that was one of the two, two topics that we touched on on the state of Michigan elections. 
we didn't talk about who they were, we were going to support or they were going to support for governor. Um, the Flint thing was very big, and the drug problem uh, around the state is. I was really pleased with the turnout or how it came about and during the questioning. It was, it was very good, very good. Um, and if I get invited to another one, I'll ask other people to come. Uh, so, like I said, when we get the article, it will be in French, so I'll have to transfer to the English uh, language. But right. uh, he had a photographer with him, took pictures of us, and um, it just went really, really smooth. I was very proud of my two coworkers. Um, so I'm very proud of them. They did a bang up job. So that's, that's, oh, that's, all that's I good. Say, Leroy. Well, there that really respect, uh, you know, what what you're doing and uh, that they'll mm-hmm. just take time to participate uh, in it too, Jeff. And it's really nice. I, you know, I, for one, am very proud of you for doing that. And I'm not only proud of you, but I'm proud of those members that stepped forward. Uh, and with some risk uh, to have their name brought forward uh, in a uh, what essentially will turn out to be a global article and their name will be in it. They've authorized their name, as I understand, to be in it uh, to uh, express their opinion uh, yeah. in favor of Trump, you know. And so, uh, you know, thank you to those uh, members that did that as well. You know, this is, in the end, all about you, the members, not about the people here. We're just facilitators, okay? There's a lot of people out there with egos that think they can pick the, the you know, the leadership and, we don't want to pick the leadership. We might aspire to run ourselves but and ask for your support. But, uh, you know, in the end, it's about you, you know. And there's lots of things that are wrong with our union. And uh, we've written a 15-page plan uh, for if we were to send a leadership. And you can find that on workingforaliving.org forward slash plan. Uh, and we did that especially uh, separate uh, for the delegates, but now it's available to all of the membership. It's always been mem- available. I did not suspend that account over there. So should you have chose to go over there and read uh, those things, and there's a lot of things wrong with what's going on in our union, we oppose those and uh, aspire to change them. Uh, we didn't. Uh, uh, have success at convention, but, you know, the people that are there now, we're going to do our best to hold them account and give them pathways uh, of uh, things that we'd like to see done. Uh, And in some cases, they actually listen. We've we've affected a lot of change in our union, Uh, you know, so, you know, one thing we've talked about, and it's written in this plan, is that the, the GMS and Appendix K uh, for Ford, uh, and Chrysler has its own element. I forget what, exactly what it is right off the top of my head, but 
that these uh, potentially are illegal in our opinion uh, because of language in the federal law, and we'll go over that a little later, uh, that says the duly elected officials at the local level, appropriate level, and that happens to be in our case the local level, are the uh, people who are empowered by election to bargain for the members. You know, at the local union level, that's your local agreement, and by and through the sub-councils and the National Bargaining Committee from local officials that are uh, the sub-councils made up the president and the chairperson, and then the National Bargaining Committee made up of a group of people selected from that, uh, essentially some others from time to time outside the sub-council members are, are selected, but by and large they come from the sub-council. And then by and through ratification of the uh, contract, uh, that's how we have an agreement, and the local union elected officials do that with advice and consent and counsel, or advice and counsel, not consent, advice and counsel from the international union based on their uh, communication with uh, the corporations that, that uh, our leaders at the local level represent. Okay, And this is going to be educational for you to remember. Okay? This isn't about us. We're just trying to educate you here today. So, uh, so having said that, uh, Jeff, um, there's a part of the UAW Constitution that you're privy to that uh, you you probably might want to uh, read because you went over this some time ago, and uh, you might want to read that again as we start the education process of the Constitution and some of the federal law uh, out there. So why don't you just go ahead and read that, uh, if you would, please, and then we'll uh, discuss a little bit and then uh, move move forward with uh, some other things. We're going to talk about the First Amendment uh, uh, in our next segment here after you finish that. Okay. During our constitutional uh, series, we read Article 10, um, Section 12. The article is Officers and Elections. It states, pretty long, so bear with me. No member of any local union shall be eligible to hold or seek any elective or appointed position in the international union or in any local union if he or she affirmatively engaged in the promotion, implementation, furtherance, or support of any other union or collective bargaining group with the purpose or intent of subplanning the international union or any subordinate body thereof as the recognized collective bargaining agent in efforts to decertify the international union or any subordinate body thereof as the recognized collective bargaining unit or aiding or abetting an employer or other or another union to dwarf organizations efforts by the UAW and become a bargaining agent. If upon the investigation of the International Union, it should be 
should be should appear by convincing evidence of any member in violation of this section, the international president or the international executive board may summary summary suspend that member from any office or position or the right to seek office or position. Said suspended member shall be promptly notified and within 30 days of such notification may appeal the suspension, in which case the member's appeal shall be processed at the same manner as appeals in the International Executive Board on decisions of subordinate bodies under Article 33 of this Constitution, provide that the suspension shall automatically be lifted unless the International Executive Board has rendered its decision within 120 days of the day of the appealing member commenced in the appeal. Okay. If the suspended member fails to appeal the suspension, if the suspended member fails to appeal the suspended member suspension within 30 days followed, or if the International Executive Board shall review by two-thirds vote, the member shall be considered removed from any office or position he she may have held, as well as from the privilege of seeking election or employment of any office or position, and the member shall not thereafter be eligible to hold any office or position unless, this is weird, unless in and until the removal has been lifted by two-thirds vote of the International Executive Board, any member so suspended who has taken an appeal to the International Executive Board without having the suspension lifted may appeal the suspension either to the Public Review Board or the Convention Appeals Committee provided for Article 33 of the Constitution. The procedure provided in the section shall be in addition to and exclusive to any other action which may be taken against such a member. That's what Section 12 says, Article 10. Um, I did find some other information. On page 7 of the Ford National Agreement, under Recognition, Section 1, the company recognizes the union as the exclusive collective bargaining representative relative to rates of pay, wages, hours of employment, and other conditions of employment for all employees of the company in the contract unit. So there it is. Um, we have been talking about the Constitution for a very long time. That is what we ran our our platform on as candidates for positions. Um, We do not want to undermine anybody. That's not our goal. We have no intention there. We're going to do it the way the, the Constitution calls for. 
as we did in June. That's what I got, Leroy. Okay, Jeff. Uh, just for everybody's edification, uh, you read the Ford language. This is the General Motors yeah. language, paragraph one of the agreement. Okay, so we're going to su- support your Ford language. Paragraph one of the national agreement. Is re- Corporation recognizes the International Union, United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Employment Implement Workers of America as the exclusive representative of the production and maintenance employees and mechanical employees in engineering department shops, except those listed in paragraph three below for the purpose of collective bargaining with respect to rates of pay, wages, hours of employment, and other conditions of employment in the bargaining units in which they have been so certified by the National Labor Relations I had. So that uh, certified means by the National Labor Relations. I'll just I'll quit there. It goes further, but that's enough for everybody's edification here. So uh, the corporation has uh, recognized the union as being certified by the National Labor Relations Board, and this is virtually in every union uh, contract uh, in the very first paragraph of uh, not uh, shortly thereafter, or even in the preamble. Uh, so having said that, uh, Jeff, thank you for bringing that out about Ford, and I just read the um, uh, the uh, General Motors first paragraph. Members, I know this is, this is intense, but we're going to make a full disclosure here about all of this. So please pay attention. So far, We've said that there's uh, a uh, um, uh, paragraph in the UAW Constitution that says uh, that they, um, uh, I'm looking for something here and I can't find it, but it says that uh, uh, you may not supplant the union or, and a bunch of other stuff uh, as uh, the bargaining agent. Subject to penalty. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to read uh, uh, U.S. 29 or 29 U.S.C. 431. This is uh, in brief. This is 431A. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit. 159A. Okay. This is the federal law. Okay. The federal law says a exclusive representatives, employees' adjustment agreements directly with the employer. Representatives designated or selected, this is the law, verbatim. Representatives designated or selected for the purpose of collective bargaining by the majority of employees in a unit appropriate for such purposes. That means by democratic action, by the majority. Shall be the exclusive representatives of all the employees in such unit for the purpose of collective bargaining in respect to rates of pay, wages, hours of employment, or other conditions of employment. goes on to say, provided that any individual employee or group of employees that shall have the right at any time to present grievances to their employer to have such grievances adjusted without the intervention of the bargaining representative, as long as the adjustment is not inconsistent with the terms of a 
collective bargaining contract or agreement in effect, provided further that the bargaining representative has been given opportunity to be present at such adjustment, such adjustment. Okay? So, it says they're the exclusive bargaining agent, the duly elected representatives, by federal law, not just our Constitution. Okay? Now, with regard to the, the Constitution itself, and I saw uh, uh, Sister post this, uh, Colette, Mitch Collette post this on uh, Facebook earlier uh, this week. might have been earlier today, actually. Uh, she didn't post the language. She just posted why. <laughs> okay. U- 29 U.S.C. 431A. This is what I'm going to read a minute ago. Adoption and filing of Constitution and bylaws. Constitution. Contents of report. Every labor organization shall adopt a constitution and bylaws and file such a copy copy thereof with the secretary, implied there is labor, secretary of labor, because this is a labor section, secretary, together with a report signed by its president and secretary or corresponding principal officers containing the following information. The names of the organization, mailing address, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go down. We'll stipulate to that. Okay. Uh, and uh, that says that they must have a constitution on file with the Department of Labor, Secretary of Labor. All right. And then this one, 29 U.S.C. 438. I know this is getting a little tedious, but you need to know this because Everybody's mad. We're mad at what's going on. And we aspire to change it with your help. But you need to know what we can and can't do. Okay? Just for the record. Okay. This is 29 U.S.C. 438, Rules and Regulations Simplified Reports. The secretary shall have authority to issue, amend, and rescind rules and regulations prescribing the form and publications of reports required to be filed under this subchapter and other such reasonable rules and regulations. This subchapter includes what I just read about the must file a constitution or by, and bylaws with the secretary. That means that the Labor Department reviews this and reserves the right to issue, amend, rescind, and, and uh, regulate, uh, have the authority to issue, amend, and rescind rules and regulations prescribed in the form and publication reports required by this and filed under this subsection. That means that they review it and if they don't like it, they can rescind or amend. So essentially this means the, the Department of Labor, Secretary of Labor, has the right to approve our Constitution. If they don't like it, they can do any of the above that I just said. 
And that language that Jeff wrote or read a minute ago, Article 12, Section, I'm sorry, Article 10, Section 12, that says if you supplant the union, you're subject to never being able to hold office. And implicit in that is more because Article 31 is out there. We'll get into that a little further later. Article 31 is charges against member. It's for everybody who doesn't understand what that is. Um, I do. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, and you've been through that, haven't you? Yeah, we yes, just won. <laughs> just won your case when they took your membership away, and I must tell the members, we stick up for you. A lot of other people give you lip service, but we stick up for you. If you come to us with a problem, we'll give you our best advice. It is just our advice and our opinion. And in some cases, as in Jeff's, when they took his membership away, I wrote about 1,000 hours worth of writing that culminated about 400 pages, a very detailed legal defense for Jeff, Marie, and Andre Gatlin Sr. that culminated in the Public Review Board ruling in Jeff's behalf. Right here, I'll just go to a little bit of a side. The appeal process is as follows. If you don't like something, you can take Article 33, or if you didn't like the discipline you got from the union, like Jeff, they took his membership away. The, the appeal process, then uh, you take it to the local union, executive board, and then to the membership meeting. There's a vote. They vote against you, you take it to the next step, which is the international union. And they rule for or against you, oftentimes against you, very seldom for you. Some people think that's the end and they accept that. There's another step that you must take in order to exhaust all of your internal remedies, and that's an appeal to the public review board. my understanding that some high-profile things just in the press did not exhaust their internal remedies because they accepted what the international board, executive board, determined in their case and did not continue to the public review board, which would have exhausted all of their uh, internal remedies. We did. We were prepared and we were already discussing with lawyers to take this to the outside court should the public review board, four deans of law schools, by the way, uh, should they have done that to Jeff, we had already amassed the money and uh, the uh, uh, wherewithal to take it to the outside court, and we believe we had success there. And, of course, so did the public review board. Four deans of law school uh, members uh, ruled on just behalf and admonished the International Union. So that's the process and procedure uh, for an Article 31 or Article 33 appeal. 31 is if you had discipline against you. And 33 is if you grieve something uh, through the union 
that you don't feel is right, and you take that up with them. In each case, you better know what you're doing because there can be ramifications and charges can come back to you if you are found to be uh, on the wrong side of that issue. So be very, very careful should you choose to go that route. Uh, I happen to be pretty uh, well-versed in that kind of stuff, and Jeff will tell you that uh, that writing was uh, tied them in knots and they didn't have any way out once once we got there. Uh, Andre and Marie will tell you the same. Andre openly expressed, I can't see how they could possibly rule against us, and they didn't in the end. So we we, uh, thank the Public Review Board for that. But having said all of that, there are consequences if you violate our Constitution. Uh, And uh, there is another portion of the... uh, And I'm I'm sorry, I I can't find it at the moment uh, because I didn't put it in my notes. I thought I had it here, but I didn't highlight it. Uh, That says that the union... If mandated by federal law, and I'll get the citation for you. And again, we're not lawyers. We're just reading what this is, so you're going to have to figure it out yourself. We're just giving you that this exists. Again, we're not lawyers. But everything in the Constitution of the UAW is open for us to get tell you about. But this stuff here in the federal law, you just need to know it's out there. And we're giving you a citation. You read it and decide your own uh, uh, situation. But there's um, oh, here it is. Uh, here it is. I found it. I knew it was in this paragraph. Okay, this is in one, uh, 29 U.S.C. 431, Section A5. And it, uh, I, it says, Imposition of fines, suspensions, and expulsions of members, including the grounds for such action and any provision made for notice, hearing, judgment on the evidence and appeal procedures. So the federal law provides for fines, suspensions, expulsions of members, including the grounds for any such action and any provision made for notice, hearing, judgment, and on the evidence and the appeal of procedures. That's just what we just spoke about, okay? That they expulse, you know, expulsion, expulsions of members. That's what they did, Jeff, Andre, and Marie. Okay, and they then they had to provide, okay, provision for notice, provision for hearing, and judgment of the evidence and the appeal. They have to uh, 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 provide an appeal procedure. That's our opinion. The federal law. Okay, so uh, make sure I highlight that so I have it should anybody ask after the show. So not only does our Constitution have this paragraph in it that says you can't hold office, okay, it's it's also provided for in federal law that there are some sort of... Uh, Penalties, okay, fines, suspensions, expulsions, a fine. It doesn't say how much. It could be a lot of money, okay? Just know that. 
Just know that, brothers and sisters. Okay, you need to understand that this is founded in federal law. Now, I want to go, that's enough for this right now. We're going to go to something else called the First Amendment of the United States. Okay, and the First Amendment of the United States says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So they make no law. And you've all heard it. We have First Amendment protection rights. We can say anything we want. Well, as it happens, there are seven categories that are not protected speech. Hate speech, number one. Two, speech that incites violence or encourages the audience to commit illegal or dangerous acts prohibited by the First Amendment. The rules that said are prohibited. Three, material support to domestic or foreign terrorist groups, even if that support intends to be to offer peaceful alternatives to conflict through humanitarian aid. Foreign or domestic terrorist groups. Four, public speech made in the conduct that their duties by public employees. Okay, public speech made in the context of their duties by public employees. In other words, there are certain things that you can't talk about, like HIPAA, FINA, FERPA, SEC rules, these sort of things. If you're an employee of the government, you may not talk about these. All right. Five, slander, libel, or defamation. Okay, you can't do that. Six, publishing confidential trade secret or copyrighted material. I know of one such case. In the FCA category, I won't say any more about it, but I know about it. I got firsthand information, and I have proof, written proof, time and date stamp proof. Okay, seven, the last one, true threats. Okay, may not threaten. Okay, any threat against the president, for example, is absolutely prohibited. Okay, there are certain things that you can do there, but threats by and large are, true threats by and large, are illegal. There's seven items there, okay? Seven things you can't say. Those also affect things about our own Constitution, okay? All right, getting back to our Constitution. Oh, let's get back to the, that's that's First Amendment. Let's get back to 29 U.S.C. 157. 
okay? This is the right of employees to organization, collective bargaining, etc. This was written in 1935 to allow people to form a union, okay? UAW has been certified since 1936, okay? Shortly after our first agreement, took a while for the NLRB to certify us. Long time. So we've done our self-organizing. But let's just talk about this. Employees shall have the right to self-organization to form, join, or assist labor organizations to bargain collectively through their representatives of their own choosing and to engage in other concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining or, and here we are, other mutual aid or protection. Now that then, right there, other mutual aid or protection. Okay? When you consider Article 10, Section 12, that says you may not supplant the union. By the way, when Jeff first posted that, one of the people that is promoting an an, uh, uh, effort asked Jeff, where did you get that? Okay. If you're going to be out here telling people to do things, And I know some of you know this particular aspect because we actually are in possession of an email where another organization said they wanted to take a look at starting a union within the union to protect the employees. Well, that's kind of protected by UAW Art Constitution, Article 10, Section 12, at least in our opinion, and in the opinion of most others. So be careful what you're doing out there. We support, absolutely support, a thorough, line-by-line assessment of any and all contracts not only by the UAW, but from other organizations that listen. We approve and and absolutely support you, the members, to find those discrepancies that you don't like and follow the process in order to get it changed. The process is twofold. One, elect different leadership. We failed to do that. A number of people worked against us to stop that. Remember, I was on the top of both slate cards, me personally, for your benefit, onto the plan that we wrote to help you, a 15-page plan. Not just some schmuck out there. My resume is three pages long. 
with experience. This isn't about me. It's about trying to get there so we can change it for you. You've seen what I'm about on the dot-com. The other method of change is we're upon And that's what we just talked about, assessing the contract, if needed, line by line, figuring out which things are bad and which things are good, and those things that need to be changed, write a resolution and submit it to the local union for your local contract and for the national agreement. Because remember, we're in charge. They just forgot that. We're in charge of this union. Every last member has a right to attend a union meeting and run for office even a retiree, except for the offices that handle grievances at the local union level. Every retiree can do that, including delegative convention. So first process and change is to get resolutions passed at the local union level. And that's where you get enough people to attend a union meeting to affect positive change that they vote for the resolutions that need to be passed and changed what's going on. There's a lot. We have, again, that plan has a lot of that stuff in it. And we'll entertain some uh, resolutions, just get them to us, and we'll post them on the, on the .com. If you have such, such things, we'll be happy to do that for you so everybody can see them, review them, and, and have comments on them, okay? So, uh, or, or write in to us and let us know what you think about, you know, resolution one, two, three, whatever they are. It's a lot of work. We'll do it for you. This is about you, the members, not about us. This is a lot of work. There's a hell of a lot of people out there that could write up everything that goes along with the website. We're the only ones doing it. It's a lot of work. But, you know, so just know that we're trying to do this for you. We don't get anything. We're not getting a dime for this. Jeff, you've been paid for this? No. No, okay. I'm not. Okay, yeah, me neither. It actually costs a lot of money to do this. Other people are starting to find that out. So... The next step to the resolution process is that that union forward those through, by and through the recording secretary. Remember, I was a three-term recording secretary, so I know how that works. Went through it three times. And then uh, we get notice back of receipt from the international, and then that goes to the resolution committee of the bargaining convention. And they boil all those down and put them in. Now, last time around, we had one that was submitted from a sister up in, I won't say her name because we don't want to target anybody here, but a sister up in Tonawanda. Uh, we had written it, and she's put it in. It got passed a lot of local unions, but I believe her local union had the horsepower to get it into what's called the book, the approved resolutions, 
and that dealt with uh, not having um, the pension fund go to an annuity, and if they did, to have it reinsured by a second annuity, by reinsurance on it, so that they would be absolutely guaranteed. And that passed the resolution committee and was put into the book. And I want to thank Sister for and her union for, for doing that. This is about you, not us. Okay. Just want to remind everybody, this is about you. Quite frankly, you know, after somebody come out there on the last show and, and started talking like they did, I was ready to shut it all down because it was my opinion that many of us might be tainted because they, somebody thought that was policy, but that is not policy, and we'll discuss that a little later about what is policy of this radio show and any and all who come along to uh, support us. And there's a lot of them. And I get emails and messages regularly saying, don't feel alone. There's a hell of a lot more of us out here than you can possibly imagine. And we support you and your team's effort. I don't know if we're a team anymore, but we're still out here going to keep trying to hold people to account. We're going to talk about a good thing that happened since this election, too, by the way. So then, uh, with all those resolutions in hand, the National Bargaining Committee, selected from the, uh. largely from the, the, the uh, sub-council, they're elected to the National Bargaining Team, and they go and meet with the uh, corporations, respective corporations. And there'll be a staff person in each one of those meetings, maybe several staff people in each one of those meetings, in each category of the meeting, because there's a lot of categories that get negotiated. There's a lot of things that need to be dealt with. And you can see all the bargaining, national bargaining team, in any one of the contracts, pick them up and see who they were. My name happens to be on three contracts, local union contracts. Just saying, if you want to see it, pick up a local agreement from the 90s from uh, GMSPO, Local 1753, and you'll find my name in it. So I've been around a long time. And this is for education of you, the member. Just know that we actually speak from experience. That's all that's about. Okay? We don't have an ego to try and uh, do some things that are not necessarily correct. Because, as we say at the beginning of every show, this isn't about power and control. Our egos have been in check for a long time. Long time. I'm looking for good people to pass all this on to. Because while I'm still functional and highly capable, I'm not going to be around forever. Neither is Jeff or any other leader. We're all subject to be moving on at some point. So um, it's right at 8 o'clock. We've got a little more to go. We're not going to keep you too much longer. Uh, so then, of course, they negotiate with the company 
the committees. They come up with an agreement, and then that agreement is sent to the executive board so that they can approve it before it's sent out to the press, sent out to the the membership, okay? And at, at that time, you have the opportunity to review it, discuss it, and vote on it, up or down, okay? And if you turn it down, it's up to the duly elected representatives to determine whether or not you go on strike because somewhere in that uh just be typically just before the uh opening of uh contract negotiations there's a strike vote taken and they pass 80 to 90% uh virtually every time so they have strike authority going into the the agreements negotiations okay so that's the other avenue of course, there's a third element that kicks our butt a lot that has nothing to do with our Constitution or or our uh, agreements, and that's outside politics. And we're in the middle. Now, you know, I've been involved in politics since I was probably, well, let's see, Ike was... Up, handing up for a re-election in 56, so I was about seven years old when I got my first taste of a steel worker telling me we don't support Ike because my mom was mad at the neighbors and said go out there, we like Ike my brother and I got our ourselves to- turned up real, tuned up real good man stopped his car as he drove by got out and they explained to us in no uncertain terms, this is a union town, and we don't support Dwight Eisenhower. You should go back in your mom, in your house and tell your mom that, which we did. We respected him. And we didn't go back outside and do that no more. So that was my first one. So I've been involved in a lot of campaigns, arguably, you know, 60 years, 62 from standing on the, on the street curb yelling that to today where we host governor primary winner on this show Gretchen Whitmer of the state of Michigan I'm likely going to be elected it's a long way from standing on a street corner but I'm going to tell you something that third element that kicks our ass a lot, we better make sure that we vote for people that are friendly to working men and women. I don't care if they're red, green, blue, purple, or their parties red, green, blue, purple, or whatever color. If they support working men and women, we're behind them. Truly behind them. If they're a Republican and they can make a case that they'll stick up for working men and women and will not be swayed by party politics once they've gotten there. We have a senator in Eaton County that convinced us that he's a doctor, and we support him every election, Republican. 
He's a good man. And he got elected every time. And he was good to us as labor. Never wavered on labor issue. Michigan senator from the state of Michigan, not not U.S. Congress. So that was while I was a leader and cap coordinator for Region 1C. And a little before and a little after, because he was there for a long time. But we thanked him every time. He took our check. He'd come and speak once in a while. Really good guy, medical doctor. So there are people from all the parties that will support us, and we're happy to support them here on this radio show. So that's the third element. And that's how you do it. That's how you affect change. That's how you affect change. You can rally. You can protest. You can meet in groups with your elected officials. You can run for office yourself to change. And that's how you do it. I've spent my life being an elected official and sticking up for our union. At the same time, I have a strong record opposing them when they're wrong, starting with 1983 when 148, I think it was, people were passed over. People with less seniority were hired in. I wrote a letter, and that letter got us all hired, and pretty much everybody was back to work within six weeks. And that resulted in the change of the seniority status so that most everybody today carries their seniority with them when they change plant to plant. That's a result of my letter that I wrote. That was about you, the members, to fix things that were wrong. We stood up and did it. I have a record of holding to account those people and organization that stand against our members. One of the biggest labor cases since the Wagner Act was the one that included our VEBA. I was the only one on your behalf that stood up and initiated legal action. It wasn't about me. I didn't get a dime. It was a lot of damn work for me. I did most of the legal clerking for that. Most of it, not all of it. I didn't write much up, a little bit, but not all, not all of it. But I did write some. We were unsuccessful. As some new laws, case laws come in, it's made it advantageous for us to have a VIVA, quite frankly. So in many ways, I'm kind of glad I wasn't successful, although we stood up to what we thought was wrong. Okay? Nobody on this planet is going to jeopardize my good reputation and try and supplant our good union and tear down its organizational structure. That will never happen. We support our union and the structure in which it exists. 
We also support holding everybody to account who doesn't serve the membership as they should. The FBI's not had its last say in all of this. And quite frankly, they might come in and reverse some of the language in these agreements on their own because they know them to be wrong and tainted. We're all angry, brothers and sisters, but we have to do it right. We have to do it right. Part of my research, and we'll wrap this up in a little bit. We're getting a little bit long. Part of my research in the last few weeks was to contact other unions, high-level other unions, most of whom I know personally, and they're on speed dial, some who haven't been available for all manner of reasons. There's been a lot of stuff going on. We had all the conventions. They were held here in Lansing for the state of Michigan. I've seen Gretchen Whitmer a couple of times, donated some quite a bit of money to her. She's asked to be back on the show again. A lot of stuff going on. My questions to the other unions were, do you have any programs that deal with membership or pensions beyond just the pensions and the membership itself? They said they have ongoing programs for membership that are members that are active, that do things that are inconsistent with good union policies and procedures to remove their membership from them. There is an also there are also ongoing programs actively looking for violators by retirees, and if found in violation, they suspend their pension. Listen to what I just said. Active members who, in other unions, they have active programs to seek out active members who violate their policies and procedures as a union and they they are actively seeking out retirees who violate their policies and procedures. The aforementioned, they're taking their membership away and the latter retirees, they're suspending their pension. So the words in concerted protective activity, other mutual aid or protection, okay, you can't just say, blanketly say, I can say and do anything about my union. You can't say and do anything about your union because mutual aid or protection is subjective subjective. 
and in some cases objective as to what you're doing. Article 45, Section 2 of the UAW Constitution says, All stewards and or committee persons shall be democratically elected for three-year terms. A local union or unit of an amalgamated local union may have, after July 1, 1998, a shorter term of no less than two years, only by affirmative membership action and permission granted by the International Executive Board. Stewards and committee persons shall be required to take the oath of office as provided in Article 39. Okay. The preamble of our Constitution says, the precepts of democracy require that workers, through their union, participate meaningful, meaningfully in discussions affected their welfare and that of the communities in which they live. Precepts of democracy. Our union is founded on democracy, not by appointed people selected by an individual in closed groups meeting and determining the fate of the union without the democratic process. Are unions required by law and required by Constitution to be democratic? The unions required to establish fines and penalties. I'm going to paraphrase there. And they submit a Constitution that's approved by the federal government, Department of Secretary. Labor Secretary. So, brothers and sisters, I encourage you to review everything you don't like about our union, to write it down, make a resolution, follow the procedure, and to then meet with your elected representatives, duly elected representatives, and give them what for. You tell them in no uncertain terms these tainted contracts need to get reversed if the federal government doesn't already do it. It's okay for you to do all of the above. In our opinion, do all of the above. When you say it's broken and we need to start our own, the line's been crossed. The line's been crossed. Clearly, I was surprised by such language. Unfortunately, it was not discussed in advance. Because there's a way to do it. There's also a line. And this radio show, as long as I'm here, is not going to cross that line. We support our union structure, we support the democratic process, and we support concerted protected activity in all ways properly done. Protest, 
go out there and do your best to influence the people you elected, your majority elected. And they're smart, believe me. The people at convention were smart. They knew what was going on. And we had a lot of them ready to vote for us. A young man came up to me just before the nominations. He said, Leroy, we have everybody ready to vote for you in Region 1D. And my, my, I suspect that was the case in pretty much every, every region. He said, everybody's ready to vote for you. But there's a problem with an experience of one of your people on this slate. And we need information. And I told him I probably wouldn't be getting nominated because our situation's just not working out. So you could see the sails go right out of his wind, go right out of his sails. So these these delegates are good, hard-working people. They know there's something wrong, but they also know they need to have experienced, good people at the helm. They were given little choice but to do what they did. That's water over the dam, and there'll be another opportunity soon. I expect our international union will be taken over by the federal government. That's what I expect. There's enough there to do it. But we don't know what the future holds. But if there's another election, you'll have an opportunity to vote for experience. told you I'd talk to you about some good stuff that's going on. You know, we've talked about GMS, at least in the GM contract and all the other contracts, that high-level meetings between the parties at the national level are simply violating this agreement and our Constitution and federal law. They violate the Constitution, federal law. Okay. The incoming General Motors Vice President, brother Vice President Dietz, one of his first actions was to suspend a GMS program. I suppose he's read our plan and maybe listened to the radio show, or somebody hasn't told him this might be actually against several things. And it's our opinion. Again, all this is our opinion. But, you know, if we ascend to office, we'd have to be administering this. Okay, so we're just telling you how this stuff went. So, he, somebody been listening. So he suspended that. Now, we're not exactly sure how he's uh, proceeded with that suspension. We've seen some evidence that it's might still be there in some form, but mitigated a little bit. But he had 
the strength to go in there and tell the corporation, this is suspended until such time as we can fully review it. Now, there were some things that he could have done prior to that, for example, using it to remove federal law, Pension Protection Act 2006, from our agreement might have been nice, telling the corporation that temporary language violates our Constitution, saying that no more than three months must pass before a member is given full seniority. Those violate our Constitution. He could have changed those before he sus- and used that GMS to suspend that and change it, remove it, until such time as he wanted to suspend the GMS program. But that didn't happen, and that's water over the dam. But let's give him kudos for doing that. These competitive operating agreements that are a product of GMS are wrong. And Lordstown, Spring Hill, and some others, they want to put it in Fort Wayne, they told them no are a product of this GMS meetings of the minds at the very highest level and imposing their will on local unions against the best interest of the membership, I might add, in our opinion. So at least he's got that to say, I'm, I'm not going to go along with this. There's a lot of other things that are wrong, but we'll give him credit for doing that because when, when somebody's doing something right and we have high hopes for him, uh, by the way, there at the end of August there was a a uh, uh, little conference at Black Lake that dealt with globalization, and I saw se- several posts and had talk had some discussion with one of the members that participated in that convention or, uh, uh, conference internal conference for for us about globalization, and it's not good, brothers and sisters. It's not good at all. But we still have our numbers, in their words, we still have our numbers of membership in order to hold them to account. And we're going to do that in every way possible. And and I expect that this show will support them doing that, using our membership to hold the corporations to account when it comes to globalization. See, this is a union. And while we're mad at them, they're still our representatives. We need to support them when they're right and when they're trying to do the right thing for us. This isn't about tearing it down and starting our own. Not on my watch, as they say. Not on my watch. I'm still pulling the daggers out of my back. Having said all of that, I hope you understand that this radio show supports concerted protective activity for the mutual benefit and protection of any and all members within within the confines of our union. In other words, organized to go and fix it not supplanted.
as prohibited by federal law and our UAW Constitution. As we read it, and that's our opinion, again, we are not lawyers here, but we can read, and we're not stupid. So those that think they can say and do anything in under the First Amendment or under protected concerted activity, you've seen that that's not necessarily correct. You can't say and do anything you want and say it's protected, whether it's the First Amendment or Section 7. Also, you've heard tonight that your pensions are not protected by federal law. First of all, they want to take and cut them in half if the market goes down or the funding goes down by 20%. That's not much of a protection now, is it? Go to zero if it goes down to 60%. So pensions aren't protected. Other unions suspend them routinely for behavior inconsistent with the rules of their union. By the way, there is a pension board set up for the pensions, the Detroit Three, to assess that uh, grievances and appeals and such matters as what discussed here. The pension board exists, for those of you who didn't know that with authority to do all manner of things. Okay? We're telling you this because we don't want our members, you, the members, to get in trouble. We don't want you in trouble. Stay out of trouble. Go ahead and organize a group, review the contract, Propose resolutions, write them up properly, we'll help if you want some or not. Get the members to your meeting, get them passed, and then hold those people, the president and chairperson that are part of the sub-councils, hold them to account in no uncertain terms. You meet with them and tell them you want that tainted language removed. And we'll be discussing a lot of that. we got a lot of stuff to do to get, get this Congress back and get right to work reversed in the state of Michigan, and we can't do that unless we get a majority. And we're going to help a lot of people. I've been talking my little tail off to a lot of people about getting it done right. And the candidate that you heard me support that got elected in the primary is going to be safe in the general. And that candidate, Julie Brixey, has been out walking for other state reps that are in marginal districts. Battle Creek, today, today, on a Sunday, she didn't walk in her own district or work in her own district, raise funds anywhere in her own district. She went over and walked for the Eaton County Democratic candidate who's worker-friendly, trying to get right-to-work reversed. She's working her tail off to help us. You, the membership. This is a candidate that's, that was a 
identified, groomed, request to run, accepted, and worked daily for over a year, walking every day, except in absolute inclement weather on holidays, where it is family like Thanksgiving, Christmas, to get elected so she can help you. Little to no real benefit to her. fact is, she turned down an elected position that made another $40,000 a year, but she wanted to be the person to lead the Democratic Party and the Democratic majority in the House to reverse right to work. We need more people like that person. And quite frankly, we owe her a debt of gratitude. Leaders, leaders, pay attention. If you're listening like you usually are, pay attention. People are out there wanting to help us, workers, union and non-union, and try and get a majority so we can... reverse right to work. This woman has my greatest admiration and respect. And sometime I'll read the notes she sent me, but not tonight. It's too, too long. We're an hour and a half. But it, it's, it's heartfelt. I don't get many thanks for all of this because there's people out there saying, well, it's about you. It ain't about me. Everything I've ever done is about the membership. I don't benefit a nickel from any of this. I got my head handed to me at Constitution. People working around me. Somebody recently said, everybody's taking such a big bite out of your ass, Leroy. You might as well give up. Well, I ain't giving up. I ain't going to give up. Jeff's not going to give up. Speaking of Jeff, Jeff, do you have anything? Let's wrap this up. Do you have anything to say? Uh, yeah, just something that's a little educational, Leroy, about the First Amendment. Um, to the younger folks who may not know much about our labor history, on June 18, 1918, Eugene Debs was arrested for speaking out against World War One, He spent 10 years in prison for speaking out against the war. And can you imagine what, if that law was still in effect in 1968, how many people would be arrested for, for being out against Vietnam? There's not enough prisons to hold people to, who protest against Vietnam. But just know that just because you have freedom of speech, they passed a law back in 1917 called the Espionage Act, which made it illegal to actively oppose the U.S. involvement in the war. And he spent 10 years in prison. He ran for president and he received 3.4% of the vote. He ran for president, I believe, two or three times while he was in president. So just remember, 
you know, he, he had the freedom of speech, but they arrested him for speaking out. So I got Leroy. Okay, I think Bush passed a law that uh, could allow them to do the same thing today, uh, you know, after 9-11. Some of that's been reversed, thank God, but uh, it certainly uh, did uh, limit our freedoms here in the United States. Uh, And there were some really, really interesting things that were said and passed in that law. So... uh, Right now, we still have pretty good freedom of speech. Uh, unfortunately, Brother Eugene Debs didn't when he went to prison for 10 years. So thank you for bringing that up, Jeff, and we really appreciate that. And everything else that you did in research during this respite of having our show down, completely down, suspended a page, suspended a website. So... Uh, I want to let everybody know, we're not mad at you for trying to do the right thing. Please do it the right way. You know, I probably lost some real close friendships over this. But I don't want to see anybody get in trouble. And I don't want anybody tainted that's associated with this radio show by the fact that we might, in some people's opinion, be thinking that we're intending to supplant the union bargaining process. And Jeff read that to you earlier. Again, you know, First Amendment, you can say a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff you can't say. Protected concerted activity comes down to a subjective uh, uh, definition of, of that language. It could be read if, you know, you're doing something and it's not in some people's eyes for the mutual aid and protection of the members. You can be found in violation. Okay? Mutual aid and protection means supporting your union, but doing it through the process, as we talked about. And we'll get into that some more. we got a lot of work to do to try and get this election. Like I said, I've been involved in politics a long time, and I can't see, for working men and women, a greater election in my lifetime that's more important, in all of my lifetime. I've seen some pretty important ones that I said was the most important election ever. This week, they'll have a vote to confirm or not Supreme Court nominee. That's going to happen on Thursday. We have campaign manager who's now flipped, and Mueller owns him. We still have to see what might come out of that. These are very interesting, very important times in this country. We need to unify more than ever, but we need to do it the right way. Please do it the right way. You, the members, deserve, deserve better than what you've been getting. 
but we need to change it the right way. We weren't successful at convention, unfortunately. Now we're presented with other opportunities, both outside politics and inside bargaining convention and contracts. Let's do it right. Having said that, Jeff, do you have anything else to say? No, sir. Okay. Thank you, Jeff, for for your uh, untiring research uh, regarding all of this. Thanks to all of those members that have uh, and supporters that have called and wish this well and uh, support our union 100% and that we work within the structure, that we do it in aggressive ways that don't violate the law or incite a riot or anything. Let's go out and have our rallies and all of the, all of the rest, and we'll be calling for some. Okay? We'll have some. It'd be fun to have some rallies. Get some people in. Have some feed, some food, some drink. You know, good old-fashioned rally never hurt nobody. And we're about to have some. Get your feedback and your input. Get your, you know, riled up. Okay? This new young man has quite an education. Uh, he works for the state. He's going to be an interesting guy. So look forward to seeing some work from him and maybe even on-air form from him. We'll use a pseudonym for now because he's, uh, uh, you know, subject to the stuff that happened like to Jeff and things. So we don't want that to happen to anybody else. But having said that, thanks to all our listeners all around the world. Thanks to our friends in North America, both in Canada. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for everything you've done, and we try to support you in your efforts as you go out on strike, etc. The Mexican workers, we um, wish you the very best because you're working for a living just like us, and you're a victim of circumstance, and, you know, your, your wages are going up slow, but I'd like to see them go up a little higher, faster. We'll see what happens. All of our friends, fellow workers around the nation, union and non-union, and to all the members of the UAW, coast to coast, and up in Canada as well, in the United States and Canada, thank you for listening. Having said that, good night, Jeff. Good night, listeners. We'll catch you next week. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.